Hello and welcome to episode number 23 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast, the show that features original guitar compositions from around the globe. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales, and if this is your first time joining me, this show is simply a show that features your original classical guitar music. And if you'd like to have a piece featured on the show, you just simply send an mp3 recording to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. It's that simple. My only rule is that it features classical guitar and that the guitar is real, not a MIDI-generated instrument. So, I'm going to get right into it today. We actually are going to have a short, condensed show, but nonetheless is going to be a great show, and that is going to be followed by another podcast. If you've listened to enough episodes of this show so far, by now you know I am a horror movie enthusiast. And it's the month of October. It's a time... I believe, to celebrate that love. And I've I've done something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I have recorded a very fun conversation all around horror movies with my very good friend and colleague, Jeremy Shogren. Also hanging out with us was our very good friend, Parker Robinson, who many of you may know. He's been a guest on the show a few times before. And that's it. We play, we, we have a fun little game. And uh, the game is centered around horror movies. And it, it was a blast. I think you'll enjoy it if you like that sort of thing. And if that doesn't interest you and you're, you're like, what's going on? I'm here for classical guitar. Don't worry. I, like I said, we have a short, condensed, but nonetheless very good edition of the Classical Guitar Composers podcast. So we're going to do the regular podcast, and then we're even going to do the outro music. And then... If you're not interested in the rest, just turn it off. But if you want to have some October fun, I suggest you keep it rolling and hear where it goes. So, let's get right into the show. I'm going to start today with an email from our good friend in England, Martin Slater. He wrote, Chris, I've had some time off recently in Cornwall and visited the fabled Tintagel Castle, supposedly where King Arthur was born. Whilst there, I actually met him, and he kindly gave me Excalibur in recognition of my descent from Irish royalty. (laughs) Martin sent me a picture. I don't know, Martin, it looks to me like uh, he he might be holding on pretty tight to that sword. (laughs) That's actually a pretty cool picture. Martin, can I post that on the website? I'd like to. Let me know if you're okay with that, and I will. And Martin also wrote to me... uh, we might appear to ramble far and wide, but such discussions and imaginings are f- are key for any creative mind. The actual act of creation will always be an individual one, with the more pronounced producing a recognizably individual voice. Listening to Etienne's music was a particular pleasure for me, as he seems to have followed a similar compositional path, namely the need to write from the soul without any immediate chance of sharing and also using a similar melodic style. I may not have completed anything in years, but that is not to say I haven't randomly scribbled down ideas. One such dates from when I was in Ireland in 2008 for the Kavanaugh clan gathering. This is located in the Leinstar region of Ireland's southeast, sometimes known as the Garden of Ireland. The melody is cogently noted in E major, and I feel it must be the seed of my next project. Meanwhile, I am practicing some of my eight preludes, which, when I have properly memorized them, I will get down to recording. Incidentally, you would not believe the effort it took me to get the pieces I've recorded down in mostly error-free single takes. Things got a little heated at times. Oh man, I know the feeling all too well. Since my last emails, I have spent a pleasant five days in Cornwall, which is as far southwest as you can go in England. This is how I had the opportunity to visit Tintagel Castle, the fabled birthplace of King Arthur, and very inspiring and dramatic it is. It has already inspired the British composer Arnold Bax to write his Tintagel tone poem. I probably won't be able to match that. As I have now taken ownership of Excalibur, anything is now possible, of course, Martin. (laughs) Martin, you are the best, man. Thank you very much. That's great, uh, finding some kinship with Etienne's writing, uh, which was very good. That's really neat. The music Martin was referring to was, of course, featured in the previous episode of the show, 
Go back and listen if you haven't already. As always, Martin, thank you. I really appreciate your emails and your contributions to the show. But I am going to keep this concise, so let's move right over to the music. Hopefully you've already got your iced tea ready. If not, it might be a good time to pause the podcast and go fill that glass. Rather than air anything new in a condensed show, I've decided to have somewhat of a clip show, if you will. I've chosen four pieces from past shows that I think fit the fall season very well. And I think a perfect one to start us off will be a piece called Leaves of Fall by Christian Heim, who resides in Norway. This piece goes all the way back to episode 9, Leaves of Fall by Christian Heim. of fall by christian heim speaking of fall don't you love a good landscape painting especially one set in the fall i know i love it when bob ross goes fall with his paintings start busting out the the reds and the orange leaves he doesn't seem to do it as much as as like winter i mean if if bob ross was mozart winter is the major key fall is minor He just doesn't do it very often, but when he does, it's awesome. This next piece comes to us from Lance Olivieri. This was featured back in episode number 12, and it is called The Painter.
Like me, are you addicted to sheet music? Then let me tell you about Encoda. Encoda is an app that lets you practice, play, and perform your sheet music. It is a streaming service similar to Netflix and Spotify with tens of thousands of titles. That's millions of pages of sheet music available instantly at your fingertips. Subscribers have access to the finest editions from Boozy and Hawks, Baron Ryder, Chester, Novello, and many, many more. And they have received praise from Sir Simon Rattle and Joyce D. Donato. And if you're not sure, you can sign up for a free trial. Download Encoda from your app store today. That's Encoda, N-K-O-D-A. And be sure to let them know that the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast sent you. All right, we've just heard The Painter by Lance Olivieri. Let's move a little later into the fall and go to Halloween. In episode five, we featured a suite based on Homer's Odyssey. It was a uh, guitar duo suite written by Travis Turcott. Here's one movement from that called The Witch.
All right, and that was The Witch by Travis Turcott. And finally, let's go to the graveyard. <laughs> no, I'm not going to re-air one of my graveyard pieces from last year. Actually, think of it this way. What do we do when we go to the graveyard? We remember. This is a piece called Remembrance by Thomas Lung Poulsen. It was featured originally in episode 13. just heard four pieces that I did my best to relate to fall and Halloween. And that's going to wrap up the initial show. So for those of you who are about to tune out, I do thank you for joining me. We'll have a regular episode next month in November. For the rest of you who are just in the mood for some entertainment, you know what? I don't think you have to be a horror movie fan to enjoy this. I think you might find it entertaining regardless. 
and definitely if you're someone who is not a horror movie enthusiast but would like to try some this is the podcast you need to hear so with that i thank you for joining me i hope you stick around for the rest and as always it's pretty ugly out there sometimes but guitar is good for the soul keep on plucking Okay, so here we go. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time, and that is have my friend Jeremy Shogren on the podcast with me. Let me introduce him real quick. He is probably the best sight reader I've ever met. He's a fantastic pianist. Uh, we work together. We've worked together for almost 10 years now. I've gotten to know Jeremy really well. We adamantly disagree on many things, <laughs> and yet remain great friends and one thing we do agree on is that we both absolutely love horror movies and I don't think I know anyone else who has consumed as many horror movies as this guy and his knowledge is deep and that's what we're talking about today and then I think most of my listeners already know Parker Robinson he's hanging out as well And so let me just do my best to explain what we're doing. What we've decided to do is have a fantasy football-like draft of horror movies. It's as if we're standing in a room that has the single final copy of every horror movie ever made, and we have a limited-sized bag, and we're going to take turns picking them to take home to watch for the rest of our lives. That's all you get. Yeah. And so we've kind of designed a... If this is your bag that you get to take for the rest of your life, you don't want just... You you need a good variety. And so we have essentially our team that we're we're picking. And we've come up with what we think is the good roster for horror movies. Well, you guys have done it separately, though, right? Right. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, we've agreed on... The pool that you're pulling from, at least? Well, the pool is any movie that's considered horror. Yeah, we kind of... Chris made a lot of... Suggestions for the pool, and then I added a bunch. Okay. Yeah. But then we're drafting our own teams. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. But the but the the layout of the team. So so like the quarterback of the team, I I think, just the absolute staple of the horror genre is the slasher. Okay. I would call that the quarterback. We're draw we're drafting three slasher movies each. Okay, I that makes sense. All right, I think I understand the structure. Obviously, I uh, am not qualified to be. contributing or competing with you if it is even a competition i'm i'm facilitating the role of the village idiot who's just going to inquire and ask and wonder yeah. you know i think it's a competition i don't know how oh, okay. we, i don't okay. know how we determine the winner but i intend on drafting a better ah, movies okay. than him what do i get when i win 
I don't think you'll have to worry about that. <laughs> right. But we can we can figure this out later. Yeah. I, uh, it would also be worth mentioning for the listeners, uh, I also work with Jeremy and Chris regularly and can confirm that they argue like this about these the this specific, you know, topic pretty much year round. Right? Like over the course of just this year, I think you have both talked about adjusting like your power rankings for different franchises multiple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So but this revisited is, the when you say argue though, well, oh, yeah. it's not like we're like fighting. Oh. It's, it's, it's good true. healthy it's debate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah def- that's a better way of describing it for sure. Very healthy debate and about, discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as as like the third party observer who doesn't really have a dog in the fight, it has become one of my favorite discussion topics of which I can lend like almost no value. But just watching it has been has been pretty great. So that's why I think the podcast is a good place to show your guys' inner dialogue about this. (laughs) I think I mean, horror movies, you know, because I've just inserted myself into my own podcast more than I originally intended to. Horror movies are just a part of the show. Right. And so this was inevitable to come at some point. <laughs> Let me quickly just so read down this roster we have. Uh, we're, we're drafting three slashers, two vampire movies, two werewolf movies, two zombie movies, two creature slash monster movies. Anything that's like about a, a creature, I guess, some kind of monster. Two horror comedies. Two holiday-themed horror movies. Two paranormal movies. This is a huge category I'm discovering. This one I think (laughs) is going to be difficult because a lot of things kind of fall into that. We're we're not going too specific on this with subcategories, so this would encompass everything from, like, movies like Paranormal Activity to, like, The Exorcist. And then we're going to draft two remakes slash and or reboots. And then we've left two miscellaneous. Anything category doesn't matter, just another two movies. And then for fun, we're each drafting a coach. A coach? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now these a, can co- be a coach meaning like one? Like a director. Okay, okay, okay. So you're not talking about like a movie in that case. You're talking about some type of figure from within making yeah. horror movies? Right, yeah. Ah, that's I guess, clever. I guess maybe we could call it like the guy we're picking to make future movies mm-hmm. in this okay. post-apocalyptic scenario yeah. we've created. So they so, can be drafted in any order. And Jeremy and I have also agreed that because so many movies can fit into multiple categories... If we now need to make room, like, in the slasher, we can move a slasher to holiday if it fits holiday. You're Same accommodating like special teams. You got, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. some second string. Definitely. So, so you're, you're each bringing two of each category to the table, and then do you have to both essentially argue, or not argue, but, like, sell your point, defend your point, and you're, between the two of you, you're only choosing one that needs to go in the bag? Or just your sep- you're like creating your own. I don't think. Separate... I mean, I want to know like why Jeremy picks what he picks. We'll probably talk about the movies this week. Grab them, but it's like this: if 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 I pick a movie, Jeremy can't have it. It's now in my bag. Oh. he doesn't get to take that yeah. home. See? I see. Okay. So it's. I got you. Yeah. Okay. It's like my kids when they trick or treat. They actually come home, empty their bags, and then they have a draft. Oh. And they yeah. take turns like picking. They swap out and trade because they have their own That's preferences. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, and I I do feel like I know one thing. I feel like I know what the number one pick's going to be and the number two pick. And then I have no idea what's going to happen after that. But I feel like we both probably share the number one pick and then would both grab the next one if it's gone. Gotcha. Do you think? What do you think? I I think you're right, but I also... um, I also might surprise you. Yeah, you might. So it's gonna screw up my plans if you for the listener to set the stage. They both have stacks of papers, <laughs> and I can't see what's on those papers. But I mean, they're well, l- like columns and lists, <laughs> color coding, <laughs> well, pens, is, papers, notepads. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on to this. This is very well. This there's, has been very well thought. There's out. a score for the Pirates of Penzance exactly, in my lap. being used as a desk. <laughs> exactly. So what do you guys qualify, like, how, how do you define what you would list as a horror movie? And can you give me an example of a movie that 
people maybe classify as a horror movie that aggravates you that is called a horror movie? Jaws. Is that, Jaws, okay. Jaws is not a horror movie. Jaws, Jaws is, is a drama. Okay. Exactly. Oh, we're right. in agreement. I would agree. Go. I would agree there. It's often um, lumped in with horror. Okay. The Jaws theme is on every, like, horror movie compilation mm-hmm. soundtrack. <laughs> thing. It's like, yeah, no. I don't make, know how you where you draw the line. I just know that Jaws is on the other side of it. Okay, but I think that at but least I, gives me yeah. a better understanding of like. Oh, the here's lens a good. Of, I got a great example. Okay, for you. Alien is a horror movie. Aliens is not. not. Okay, okay. I yeah. would say the same thing too. Okay, great. They're all within the genre of sci-fi. Yeah, but Alien goes the horror route. Yeah, for sure. And Aliens goes full-on action movie. Yeah, action thriller. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thriller's fine, but yeah. All right, I'm just trying to get calibrate, you know, my expectations. Because I, I would agree. I don't think there's anything cases. that's going to come up that like where it invokes an argument like that's not really horror because both of us love horror enough that we're not going to be picking the aliens of the world for the horror bag. Right. Like, right. As yeah. much as I love that movie. Yeah. It it doesn't belong. You wouldn't re- I, yeah. I, I, get, I get I don't what think we're going to have that kind of problem. Okay. Uh, we do need to somehow determine. Do you have a coin or something? We I don't we don't know how to. We could use a, a coin flip is what it's got to come down to to uh, decide who well. gets the first. Dang, pick. I should have brought a hockey mask. Oh, flip a hockey <laughs> mask. <and laughs> flip a hockey mask. Face up or face down. <laughs> but it's not a visual good. podcast, so that would mean nothing to people listening. Here, let me see if I can Yeah, but they'll take our word that that's, that's what it was. We're now flipping the There's a coaster up there. Got it. Does it have actual heads and tails on it? What? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a lion and a five. A lion and a five, so the lion would be the head, I guess. Yeah. Just so we got it. It's five crowns, then? Yeah, five crowns. All right. Let's see it. Let's see. I mean, let's have the flip. Oh, oh right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it just showed oh, I've, I've seen one. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so you're calling? We've all been there, Parker. Yeah, he's calling the lion, right? Yeah, lion. Okay. Five. So not the, it's uh. I get the first pick. Yep. Chris, right. get, Chris gets the first pick. And the number one pick in the draft goes. We should have come up with team names. Oh well. Um. I had, I can't come up with one on the spot. It's so much pressure. Okay. Well, you got something? I was trying to think, but I yeah no. I don't know anything about sports, so it's hard for me to think of something. Well, you really just need to that's come a with clever a, sports come up with pun. like a, a yeah. pun ba- a pun. A pun horror movie name. Um, a horror movie name with a pun in it. Like when we did fantasy football last year, I didn't care about football at all, but my team name was Fieri's Fairies, and Guy Fieri was the mascot. Yeah, when I did fantasy football, I was the Bantha, the Mighty Bantha. <laughs> the Mighty Banthas. <laughs> I think I went with the punts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe you just spend the whole episode thinking of what your team name will be. I, I, my team name is going to be the Deadites. Oh, that's good. That is a good I'm one. the Deadites. Oh, okay. that's, that's, oh my gosh. He's <laughs> too quick. He wins on the name. Quick to the draw. You can be the the Cinnabons. The c- <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I'll be the 13ers, like the 49ers. We'll just be the 13ers. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not, it's not, not as good great, as the Deadites. Not as good yeah. as the Deadites, but on the fly, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm already winning, so we're good. <laughs> oh, but not for long. Okay, so... 13ers for the first pick in the draft. We're going to select. I feel like this is just the the father of all horror movies, even though it's not the first. Halloween. I'm picking Halloween. I knew it. Can I? Is that what yours would have been? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think I know what your. I I mean, I don't think this one requires explanation. So the category on this is. I'm putting this into slasher. Slasher. Yeah. The king of the horror movies. Slasher. Chris's first pick. Halloween. Riveting. Yeah, we need to be careful to say horror. Horror. Because horror oh. movies are something different. <laughs> yeah. Good point. And we could do a draft of those another time. But... <laughs> you guys can do that one on your own. <laughs> I do want to say, so I have to point out, I am so much more emotionally invested in this draft than I was in my actual fantasy football draft this year. <laughs> this is way more important. As it should be. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling good so far. Okay. So there's consensus that would have that's both of your guys's. I know topic. we've already had this conversation, but I, Jeremy and I both are in agreement that Halloween is the better movie. Friday the Thirteenth is the better series long term. Yes. Better franchise. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 
All right, so then my number one pick, also for Slasher, we're going to go Friday the 13th. It it hurts me to see that go on your team, even though I had my chance. That's exactly how I thought this was going to go. And if he had picked Halloween first, I would have picked Friday the 13th. So now is where this thing really gets interesting. Those are kind of the dead ringers, right? Like... Yeah. You don't pass those up. I think, yeah. okay, so, yeah, I, and now, now I have to go ahead and select my favorite movie of all time. I think I know what this is, too. I don't think I'm in much danger of losing it yet, but I, that's okay. I, I want this on my team. So, for my first creature movie slot, I'm adding The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, I wasn't even going to touch that. You're welcome. <sighs> yeah, well, could I could have saved that just, one, Chris. I could have. Yeah, it was a solid pick, though. But although Jer- pick. Jeremy could have, like, the behind-the-scenes game of this is that, like, this is Chris's admitted all-time favorite movie. Jeremy doesn't care for it at all, which means if Jeremy were to choose it, it would probably just to ruin your day and not let the thing well, be on your team. I don't know that he doesn't care for it. What, what are I, your thoughts on I don't it? love it. Oh, okay. It's not, It's definitely not my favorite. I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. So um, it probably wasn't. Oh, man. Can I give it back? Can I take I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Drafts work. Sorry. I was okay. It's a strong pick. Even if it, it wasn't a strategic pick, it was a total emotional pick. That's fair. So then for my next pick, I'm going to a category which I think is going to be tough because there's not a lot of really good choices, and that's the werewolf category. Oh, there's not. Oh, and gosh. I, I'm going to pick this an is... American werewolf in London. Oh, that hurts. Okay. Such a good movie. And it could go multiple places. I mean, there's like a kind of a zombie in it. It's got a lot of humor in it. But ultimately, it is... You are right. I would say the best werewolf movie ever made. Through my limited scope, I would agree. Uh, Well, that was a good call. So does this now mean you need to choose... A werewolf? A werewolf movie? No, he can choose anything. Oh, okay. okay. No, I don't have to. But strategically, it might. Mm -hmm. Like, he's already grabbing the limited out of that limited pile mm-hmm. uh, oh, that's, that was a good pick I, I'm going to kind of do a similar thing I think there are lots of good ones in this but I still really want I really want this movie so I'm actually going back I'm filling in my creatures right away and I am going with so I'm going to get out of the 80s and 70s which I could easily fill my whole team up with. I'm going to my second creature spot, and I'm picking Jeepers Creepers. Okay. I love Jeepers Creepers. I want it in my bag. That is a great movie. Yeah. Oh. Jeremy, real quick. Were we... I didn't put a sequel on this list. Did we want to do one sequel still? Oh. There should be a sequel on this. Yeah, I had it on my other list. Okay. Sorry, everybody. We're also... We need to draft one movie into the sequel slot. I'm just going to add that at the bottom. Okay. Um, Really quick, I was being dumb and forgot to write down your first choices. You got Halloween for Slasher. What was your other choice? The Thing. The Thing. The Creature. So Creatures are The Thing and Jeepers Creepers. Okay. So for my third pick... I'm actually glad you brought up sequel, and this might be like a total cop out, but I have to snatch this before you get it Uh-oh. because I need to have the power back to back of Friday the Thirteenth and Friday the Thirteenth Part <gasps> Two. No! Oh no! 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 That totally slipped by me. Oh no! It was tough. I was going to draft. I kind of forgot. I that was going to be an early draft. I am so stupid for jumping to the thing. Oh, and that's, my gosh. So when I said earlier the, that I Clouded might surprise you, it was because had you chosen Friday the 13th, then it was I, – I, I was expecting you to choose Friday the 13th. It wasn't even actually on my original sheet. <laughs> oh, really? Because <laughs> I thought you'd go Friday the 13th. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I got to have one and two. I got to have Mrs. Voorhees and Jason. <sighs> I, that was a solid pick. 
by you. And you put it in sequel, not slasher, so you've got room in your slashers. I do. Oh, that was... Some gamesmanship going on. I feel on. like I just got <clears throat> kicked a little bit. Uh, and I am... I, I'm going to be up front. Because um, we talked a little bit about this, and I think you just mentioned it, that there are so many good 80s horror movies. The 80s is really where horror peaks yeah. for me. And there's been a lot of great stuff since, and there there are definitely going to be some things, but I ultimately did not focus on what decades things came from. So as we go through, hopefully I'm not 80s, 80s, 80s all the way through. Yeah. But if I am, I you know, I'm not going to apologize because <laughs> 80s horror is what, what the would greatest you, decade. What would For you sure. attribute that to? It absolutely is. You know, because, like, there are there are other genres that, like, hit their stride in certain decades as well, specific to horror. Do you think it just has, like, that's when some franchises had already been established? It starts to, like, That's when the right? franchise was born, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, at that point, they just, the creativity was unbound. Like, when they started, you know, you had people like Tom Savini that was doing amazing gore work. So you could say that, that, like, my gut would be that that seems to be a sweet spot of when practical effects totally hit their stride. Totally. Yeah. Right before people got really into, you know, computer-generated effects. Like, there's, that, there's like, a whole decade yeah. where, like, there's huge refinement on that before it pushes into, you know, computer-generated stuff. Absolutely. So maybe that's, the, yeah. like, the, the, thing, pe- the, the peak of the practical like... effects affects, you know, how saturated in good horror movies are because it's no longer kind of a hurdle of, you know, to Chris's point, the thing, right, is John Carpenter's stuff is just some of the the best yeah, the effects practical effects stuff, but even stuff that doesn't have creatures in it, too. It also, um, here's another thing Jeremy and I have talked about. This is probably important to the podcast, to, to how we've come to where we're actually sitting here drafting horror movies. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I was so drawn to these things before I ever watched them. And mm-hmm. I would go to Blockbuster Video and stare at the cases. And there was all the Jason movies. And, I mean, I would pick these things up and just stare at them. And I just wanted to see them so bad, and yet I was afraid of them. And I remember, you know, it's funny. They're made fun of now, and they became, like, tropes. And, you know, there's parodies of it all. And But I remember when this stuff was actually scary to me at least. The first time I got my dad to let me rent a rated R movie, I just kind of threw it out there. I was I was like 11 or 12, and I was like, can I rent this? And I picked up Friday the 13th, and he was like, sure. And I was like, oh, okay. And I took it home, and I watched it by myself, and it was, it was scary. And then I immediately rented part two. <laughs> I fell in love with I mean, that movie is so near and dear to my heart, and he has taken them both. <laughs> Chris, I'm telling you, <laughs> I can't just, not have Friday the 13th on my roster. You can take part five. I, <laughs> yeah, part that's eight. The thing. Well, there's. I love these others too, but I'm I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. What were you gonna say, Parker? Well, in my in my mind, just envisioning you as a young boy, like walking into like a sticky, like <laughs> imagine the carpet in a blockbuster theater. Mm-hmm. Just walking, watching you, just like demonized stare at these VHS cases. That sounds to me like the origin story of a serial killer yeah. in a horror franchise. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's exactly how I was too, though. But I didn't. We didn't have Blockbuster. Just like obsessed, in... just laser, like fixated, hypnotized by these horror movies. You know, that's a that's the start to your. Or a franchise. When I was a kid uh, in Springville, Utah, there was a, a video rental place called Adventureland Video or Adventure Time Adventureland Video, and the horror was in the back room, so it was very much like you know the back room. You're like not supposed to go. Yeah, check out and, and of course I, you're gonna be drawn to that. Yeah, thing. and I remember going back. I one of the first ones I remember staring at all the time was um, Troll, the cover for Troll, <laughs> Troll, Troll. It's it's so great, but yeah, horrible. I can only think of Troll too. Troll, Troll. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Troll, okay. which is actually unrelated. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, okay. but Troll it has Julia Louis Dreyfus. I think Sonny Bono's really? in that, and the kid from Neverending Story. It's fantastic. It, okay. But, but terrible, terrible it's, movie. I feel weird that I've seen Troll too, and not that because I. Yeah. Um, 
I remember looking at that at Monkey Shines, um, Critters. Critters I, was one I, of mine. I remember yeah. all of these old movies, and then um, there was another one in Springville called uh, Partyland. Still there now. It's a party supply store. Um, but they used to have video rentals, and, and horror, same thing, was in the back. And that's where I would study the cases to Friday the 13th and and things like that. I was never allowed to watch them, but I could tell you which Friday the 13th movie was which based on which hockey mask was on the cover. <laughs> yeah, right. And I still can, and it, it drives me nuts that on, like, streaming services and things, the covers are not the VHS covers, which were usually, like, yeah. the movie Those posters. covers are so cool. Yeah, they're iconic. They're going to get dressed up in a different way now. Yeah. Yeah, and it... it they're cheesy now. It's yeah. It's hard to explain, but it's like the cover is part. It sets the mood. It begins with the cover. It mm-hmm. sets your expectations, and that reminds me. It actually wasn't Blockbuster at first. We had it was called I think Bob's Express. It was like downtown. I used to ride my bike down there. I remember there. that. And then we got the Blockbuster later. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it would have actually been my gateway Bob's to Express, horror but... after. Staring at the videos, uh, it was actually watching it late at night, like on cable. They on USA Network was was my jam. They would play edited horror movies because I wasn't allowed to watch rated R stuff, and nobody in my family really watched horror, so I didn't get a lot of horror exposure when I was younger. But when I was like twelve, thirteen, I had a TV in my room and cable, and I would watch. I remember staying up and watching Friday the Thirteenth and being scared to death, and then the next night. It was Friday the 13th Part 2. And then same thing shortly after that, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1, and the next night, Nightmare Part 2. And then I started recording them all so I could watch them whenever and show friends. And, oh, I loved them. I loved them. So my exposure was all through, like, edited cable TV airings. Man. It was great. (laughs) You guys both had intros on, like, the classic slasher stuff my, my earliest memory was to be utterly terrified to the point where like so my uh, like my uh, first scary movie ever I remember watching would have been Alien and I like snuck out of my bedroom one night and just my my dad was just there watching it right and he had it on I think VHS and I knew nothing about it and I was more interested in just being awake Right? Like I, 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 I kind of, I was young, young. Like, well, I don't know. I was like maybe eight, eight or nine. Be honest, you were seventeen. <laughs> yeah, this is when I was twenty-seven years old. And <laughs> so you know, eight or nine, I just wanted to be awake, right? And so I like kind of snuck out, and like right in the the opening credits of it, and he just let me watch it with him, and I I fell for what that movie does, hook, line, and sinker, in that it just plods. And just like unsettles you, right? Until the chestburster scene, you know what I mean—the hmm. first chestburster scene. Because like I'm, I'm there and I'm enjoying it. I'm feeling ooky and uncomfortable, and I don't really know—I don't know anything about it. And then, you know how they say that like they didn't warn some of the cast members like how yeah. gruesome that was going to be, and you, like that was my reaction to that scene. Like I was like, okay, he didn't actually even tell me the movie was called Alien. I didn't know it was a sci-fi yeah. movie. I didn't know it was going to be about aliens. It's just I wanted to be awake, you know? So we're just sitting there watching it and then the chestburster scene came and it like horrified me. I like I couldn't sleep that night, couldn't sleep the night after that like and I loved watching it and then he and I would watch more like we watched the whole Alien franchise. For him, for him it was a lot of like Alien franchise, he like Predator franchise, you know. He he you know so it, it starts kind of in horror and branches off into a bunch of other mm-hmm. stuff. But the, my my first experience was, like, not positive in that, like, we watched this movie. Alien, like, kind of kills everyone. And he's just like, okay, see ya, good night. And I'm, like, laying in bed. First time having really seen anything like that. And it, it totally caught me off guard. You know, I, I didn't even know it was meant to be, like, scary, right? Where, like, <laughs> for both of you guys are like, that's the scary stuff. I want to see that. I was just like, we're staying up. We're hanging out. <laughs> yeah. It's a school night. Well... It was a fascination. I talked in my last episode about the first thing I really ever saw was Chucky, was Child's Play. (laughs) And I didn't even watch the whole thing. I watched, like, probably a half-hour segment of it and had nightmares and got yelled at by my You guys are going to make fun of me. I had a friend in elementary school named... And uh, 
I had a friend. I'm going to do that because I don't want to <laughs> say his name. I had a guy. I had a friend in school <laughs> when I was in elementary school. After I'll just this, bleep it yeah, out. After this alien, he probably won't care. Or won't even listen to this. I, I haven't talked to him since elementary school. Um, but we'd have sleepovers all the time. We'd go over to his house, and his family they they watch those watch movies like that all the time. And I remember one time. He like he's like Park, you want to watch a movie? And he kind of like bait and switched me. Where like because we were also really into like Ninja Turtles, right? We used to watch the Ninja Turtles movies, right? Number one, number two, Secret of the Ooze. That was go Ninja, we're, go Ninja, yeah, go. exactly. Ninja rap all day, all day, right? So you know we watched Ninja Turtles first, and he knew he just knew that I was like really, you know, just a scaredy cat, basically. Still really young, so he puts on Leprechaun. <laughs> and, right again, uh, leprechaun. yeah, leprechaun. Yeah. Just like so, I have horror. I have like horrified memories of leprechaun that I watch now, and I'm like, this is campy and awesome, <laughs> and hilarious, and awesome, right? Not scary in the least. Not scary in the least, but at the time, it absolutely horrified me. Yeah, and then he found that really funny, so he'd invite me to sleepovers <laughs> all the time. So that's where I well, that's where I first saw Child's Play and Leprechaun, and he cho- he would choose stuff that he would know that would just like unnerve me. Right. I'm a perpetual security cat. Yeah. yeah. An early gaff causes me to miss out on one of my all-time favorite movies. Am I able to recover? Of course I am. Tune in to part two of the podcast to hear the rest of this riveting conversation. That is, if you dare.